Listening to great content is what it's all about, right? Well, it's also about the great people that make the content. And Real Wise TV does this for you. So how about you go on over to YouTube and subscribe to Real Wise TV and go ahead and share. everybody we're back and i'm your host brandy J with voices of today i have with me an awesome guest uh, he is a author also has experience as one of the largest national security prisons in the state and his name is rj sterling how you doing there good brandy how about yourself I'm doing all right now that you're here. Everything's on the road. <laughs> yeah, all, all is well. Beautiful day in my uh, neck of the woods. Yes, yes. Where are you, by the way? Uh, north, uh, northeastern part of the country. Um, okay. Yep. Okay, okay. Cool, cool. So, well, thank you for joining me here. And um, you, you have a very interesting, interesting story. But I know that you're an author, but there are, you haven't always been an author, right? So what, what got you to the point of becoming an author? Right. So uh, I've been working in one of the largest maximum security prisons in the United States for the last nearly 20 years. I started out as a corrections officer uh, about 19 years ago. And then the last 15 years, I've been a vocational school teacher to the men, incarcerated men. And um, I've noticed over the years and had the opportunity to see many men change their lives and their minds and their trajectory in, in the darkest of places. So I got to thinking if, if, if that can be done, because so often we hear about mass incarceration and the United States Department of Justice tells us that over 10,000 prisoners are released into our neighborhoods every week of the year. And we always hear the negative side of things about how two thirds of them are going to go back to prison within three years. And I got to thinking over time, even if that is true, that statistic, why don't we look at and focus on the one third then who are not going back to prison? So I just have this passion and belief that if we can get these stories of hope and transformation told only by those who have been in prison into the hands and the minds and the hearts of the current prisoners that they would, would begin to think like, you know what? I know that guy or, or if that guy's story, that's like my story. If he can do it, I can do it. I can go out there. And, uh, and so of course the whole goal is to encourage and empower uh, the men to, um, to, you know, uh, learn to live uh, more productive and honorable lives. Yeah. You know, that's pretty awesome, you know, because you don't really, people expect that to happen, you know, and they say like, you know what I mean? Like that, you know, everybody knows that's what's supposed to happen. You know what I mean? But we also know that that's not really on the agenda and doesn't happen a lot. And I think that's really commendable that you really, truly care about you know what i mean these men they're not just like like criminals or anything to you or like another number or inmate they're like you 
they're human <laughs> to you, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's, it's really interesting because I've listened to, to uh, thousands of hours uh, from hundreds of men over the years. And some of these stories are, are mind boggling. And, um, you know, the growing up in cultures that, that, you know, many people just can't understand. And, um, you know, with the mindset of you're not a man until you do life, meaning you're not a man until you kill another man and get a life sentence. And that's actually the mindset of a lot of, uh, of men uh, that, that's been raised in certain uh, cultures in, in our neighborhoods. So what I've done with was is I collect uh, stories as, as far as publishing of the first book. Um, get free and stay free stories of hope, information, transformation told only by those who have been in prison. I don't actually write the stories out. All I simply do is I collect the stories from these men and then I put it into, uh, into, uh, a book. And, um, we got uh, one book that we published and then I'm in partnership with get free and stay free is in partnership with, uh, Yokefellow prison ministry and they're, creating a second book um and then by the end of 2022 we want to get eight more books on the on the shelf of all different uh stories so that we can uh download them every single story is going to is, is going to be on the website for free so uh, anybody can download them but then for their convenience they can also purchase one of the books to to send in um, as well. It doesn't matter how the stories get in there, just so they, they get in there is what, is what my uh, goal is. Okay. You know, this, this being a uh, maximum security, this is like, no, like, this is huge because these are like considered like the most dangerous, like, you know, inmates to society, correct? Yes, exactly. Yep. So, you know, when you look at the prison landscape across the country, I guess it starts as little or not little, but, it, you know, juvenile delinquency centers and rehabilitation centers. Then you can go up to the county jail. And then I guess you got state jail, prison systems and federal prison systems. And then uh, you got everywhere from minimum to medium to maximum security. So, so correct. I'm, I'm in one of the prisons where they, where it's uh, maximum security. Okay. What's the, if you don't mind me asking, what's the youngest that you've had? Um, yeah, so we get, um, they, the, I'm a vocational school teacher, so I've had only uh, men over 18 years old, but there are men uh, in the system that are 16, young ones, 16, 17 years old, and um, that question kind of also reminds me of something that um, you or maybe your listeners might not be aware of, and that is juvenile lifers. Uh, the United States Supreme Court, uh, about five or seven years ago, the way time flies, uh, declared that it's unconstitutional to give a person a mandated life sentence where they actually die in the prison system uh, when they committed their crime as a juvenile under the age of 18. And um, so the juvenile um, lifers have been being released over the last two to three years 
even though the Supreme Court ruled it six years ago, um, it took a while to, for the different states to understand and, and, and make their way through releasing every, uh, many of the, of the men. And, uh, and of course, the, the goal and the hope is that they go out and they do not uh, recidivate. Okay. And so that them being used, you know, at the time and then coming out, obviously older as a, as a man, do you guys, is it like um, a lot of them successful or do they come out with a different mindset since they've been in there like so long, it's, it's so young? Right. The encouraging story uh, side of that is that many of them, um, because they've been in so long, 20, 30, 40 years that um, they come out and the chance of them recidivating and uh, going back to prison are way less than uh, the younger crowd. So in other words, you know, if it's true that up to two thirds go back to prison, well, when it comes to the juvenile life or population, it's uh, it's single digits for sure. Okay. All right. Cool. So you would say that pretty much is you guys keep it pretty productive, pretty productive there. Yeah, it's um, what I always encourage the men to do because the system, unfortunately, a lot of time is not equipped financially and otherwise to offer the rehabilitation that uh, perhaps is due to them. So I often encourage them to try to find it with their fellow prisoners. I mean, if they have an opportunity to take programming and education and get your GED and of, of course take advantage of all of that. But if that, uh, but don't depend on that. I know a lot of times the the uh, inmate organizations would get so excited when they would invite an outside politician into the prison for to highlight or showcase one of their causes. And a lot of times the politicians are just in there for the photo op end of things. And, um, you know, so I try to encourage them over the years to, to find find uh you know what they need for transformation within and by hanging out with prisoners their fellow prisoners that that are like-minded on a path to to success and to and just you know just like any of us would do as kids growing up you know our parents always said watch what company you keep so on and so forth well even in the prison system there's a there's a lot of uh good to be found if, uh, if, if you look good enough. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Well, I would think, okay, so for, for this to be a maximum security, what's the chances that someone innocent could be be there? Because if, if it's such a high risk and there has to be like, a, you know, like a reason to put someone that is of that, you know, of the, at that level. So what's, what's the chances that someone that could possibly be innocent be put in a maximum? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. That, uh, I often thought about that and had discussion over the years and uh, looked into it a little bit. And I don't think the fact that it's maximum security uh, has any bearing on it. You know, if a, if a 
you know, somebody was charged with murder and they never committed the murder, but maybe they had a long rap sheet uh, and uh, maybe the, the, the government, at the, the police at the time, um, you know, needed somebody because a high profile case and then they ended up, you know, so they put it on. You know, unfortunately, that does happen. Uh, what percentage? Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking and hoping it's a low percentage. And I'm thinking that it might be around one to three percent. And uh, of course, you know, just one person spending 10, 20, 40, 50 years in the prison dying and they were innocent. That's a whole nother, uh, you know, conversation and a whole nother um you know, sad thing to think about. And I'm glad that there are organizations out there that are advocating uh, for, for, for those uh, folks. Okay. So what, what would you do? Okay. So what is the most stressful or like an example of the, the most stressful experience you've had um, since you've been in the um, security of the uh, prison? Yeah, I guess the, uh, you know, when that signal 13, when that officer needs help or a fight breaks out, that's when there's a lot of um, a lot of commotion, a lot of um, running to the scene to secure the area. And um, in my officer days, I've been in uh, a handful of physical altercations and struggles. And so it's that end of things that um, you don't know what you're running into. Yeah. And um, and uh, but that's the, the you know typical in in a in, in a big prison like that. I do got to say though, it's not like the TV shows, you know, I, as far as the uh, what you see in the TV shows. Sometimes it is, but that, they're usually in specialized units where the worst of the worst are. But um, but a lot of times, if you got three thousand five hundred inmates, men, inmates in a prison, the vast majority of them are general population. And it's like a city, like a small town or a city in there, you know, as far as trying to uh, get them to be occupied during the day, whether it's a prison job or go out to the yard for rec, those kind of things, that would be the goal to, to try to keep them as busy as, as possible. But, um, but yeah, so, but, you know, but no doubt there's, there's uh, a lot of uh, crazy stuff that goes on as well. I can, I can totally imagine. I know a lot of people too tend to think like movies, you know, when, when they think of places, uh, whatever we see like on TV and stuff and, you know, it's most like nine times out of 10 is never, never really like that. I don't know if it's like worse or, or or not, but I just know usually it's not like <laughs> we see on TV. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely TV got to make it interesting for them to come back and watch it all the time. So, you know, yeah. it's, you know, like I think like some of these TV policemen, TV shows, they, they shoot more people in one or two episodes than they'll uh, shoot in their whole entire lives. It's not like you go out and shooting people all the time. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. all right. Well, um, so with the with these um, guys and then your book and every with the book and the public um, being able to to read it, what, what is it something from you that you want the people like the society to 
what would you say to us as far as dealing with, you know, people have a tendency. Okay, I'm going to give you an example, for example. Mm-hmm. I was listening to something the other day about, you know, the past, uh, the the whole, the uh, Floyd, the, the, um, the trial. Mm-hmm. And people were making comments, you know, pertaining to some things, but they just kept saying, well, that criminal, well, that, well, he, no matter what the situation was, I just kept hearing, well, he is a criminal, so who cares? You know, it's just like, just kept digging, like he shouldn't have been this, this and that. He was a drug using criminal and he did this, this and that to his girlfriend. And, you know, and I was just like, okay, these things, I, I don't know, but I still just find it so just disheartening that that's, you know, I mean, what we just hear that, we see it, or we even know it. And that, and then all of a sudden that person becomes lowly to us. Like, what is that something that don't, like criminals or prisoners will always get and do they deserve it? And what would you say to the people as far as? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. So, I, you know, I think our problems as a society, um, you know, is rooted. What I try to share with the men is that, you know, it's not that complicated when you look at, things back in its original time there's good and there's bad there's good and there's evil and you pretty much got to decide what route you're going to go doesn't mean you're going to be perfect but your decision making process day in and day out is going to be look i'm either going to make the right decision or 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 the evil the bad decision and i think uh one of the problems that we have uh as a society is judgmental we, we become so judgmental. Yeah, very. Uh, so, you know, all, all white people or all black people or all Christians or all Muslims or all policemen are, 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 are bad and evil. And it's just so naive to think that that is the case. But, yeah. um, you know, judgmental, you know, we judge people just by the way that they look. They're, if they're pretty, if they're ugly, if they're fat. If they're handsome, you know, and it's uh, it's just an unfortunate situation. And if they, you know, if if, if society wants to look at, um, you know, try to make a better place or a better world, you know, I, I would encourage them to to try not to, uh, you know, go down that road of judging. You know, we we have a creator, and I think our creator should do the uh, the judging, not us. And um, so. You know, as far as, the, you know, a criminal got some, uh, somebody with a criminal behavior got uh, murdered or killed or shot to death. Uh, you know, he had it coming to him because he was he had a criminal record anyway. And he's just a troublemaker in the streets. And just, you know, that's that's just a, a slippery slope that I personally don't want. To, to or, you know to think that way or, or to have my children or grandchildren think that way and uh, I would just in, you know encourage uh, you know folks to understand that these people in prisons are human beings like you had yeah. said or, um, on the onset Brandy and uh, it's amazing the stories and the emotions that they have are just like anybody else and uh, you know and and if we can encourage them, to um, think better and do better and make better decisions uh, in the name of public safety, why would we not want that? Why would we not, you know, why would we want, you know, we know that 10,000 prisoners are being released into our neighborhoods across the United States. Wouldn't we want the guy living in the apartment next to us 
or, or, or living in the house next to us, wouldn't we want him to succeed and not go back to prison? You know, so uh, I, I, I would encourage everybody to, you know, to, to, to think, uh, think more about these kind of issues that we, that we deal with on, on a day-by-day basis. Yeah, that was very, very powerful what you said, because that is so true. You know, we do want that, you know, we don't want them to go back to, you know, it's just like we, we're all, no matter what we do or say, we're all in this together. We all take apart. So when we pick each other apart or we're pointing fingers, you know what I mean? It's like we have to take accountability for our part, part in it. You know what I mean? And if you're tearing these people down because of where they've been, then you're actually, you can don't, you know, you're taking part in, you know, trying not saying if you're pushing them because they make their choices, but you still affect, you know what I mean? We all affect one another, no matter what, what we say we or do. We have a lot of separation, but we are all in it together because if we weren't, we wouldn't be having all this chaos, you know, going on. So it's like, we, we can fix it. We don't realize it. It's us. You know, we keep pointing fingers at, and, and saying how everything's messed up when the power is completely, truly in our hands. And even the people up high know it. They're just sitting there like, look at them. They just don't, you know, they just don't get it. <laughs> right. So, so true. There was one um, ex-offender. They're better known as uh uh, returning citizens that said what you were just sharing so eloquently. And he, his, his analogy was that you have a ship that's uh, sinking, a boat that's sinking, and, and you have a couple hundred people on the, on the ship. And at the bottom of the ship, there's a hole. And, you know, it's like, so everybody's in it together. The whole ship's going to go down or it's not going to go down. And, you know, come together to try to figure out how to keep that ship from sinking. And, and he, he explained it so, so well one time, and it, and it just uh, ties into what you're saying. Chrissy Richards is back with another season of Cypher Knowledge every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. So are you ready? Because I know I am. Tune in every Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern with Cypher Knowledge. Your host, the lovely Chrissy Richards. sure we gotta we gotta gotta get it together here but i like i like you know that you you're not just there with them you're like there like you you're actually helping you know what i mean that that counts and i'm pretty sure you changed help you know you helped with the 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 shift of what one could be going through if you weren't there you know so i appreciate i appreciate you for for what you, for what you do yeah, I appreciate hearing that. In fact, uh, in fact, just uh, yesterday I was talking to uh, one of the guys that I'm training on the forklift for my vocational program, and uh, he 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 said, "I got to tell you, RJ, uh, you know, many guys talk in this prison about you and and how honorable you are, and and uh, and he and he really sincerely meant it." 
And this is a guy that's been in jail over 30 years and he's not a lifer and he does uh, hope to get out of uh, prison in the next couple of years. And he's just so excited and so uh, thrilled to go up on a forklift and learn how to operate a forklift and get his forklift certification. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just so interesting and, and, and amazing. Um, you know, I think some of the uh, most relatively obscure talent and uh, uh, people on the planet are inside prisons. But, yeah. unfortu- but, but unfortunately, you know, circumstances and fate led them down a, a different path. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I think... Yeah. Yeah. You were going to finish. You were going to say something else? Yeah. No, I pretty much uh, wrapped it up there as far as just, um, (laughs) yeah, just as far as, you know, um, the the value of people. And, you you know, we're not, you know, to judge one person or another, you know, it's just so naive and and foolish, uh, you know, for us to do as a society, regardless of, of who we are. Yeah. For sure, because you know things can happen to us, to our family members, and you know, and and then I always tell people, so like, what if it was you? What if your family? Then we're gonna be different, <laughs> you right? Know, all of us, anything could you know could change or happen, or you know, you just never know when you when someone's an, when God sends an angel, you know, and uh, you're being tested, and I don't know, just the ugliness of people have really been shining themselves this 2021. <laughs> like real dark (laughs) right right yeah Yeah. but but, uh but i i'm like an eternal optimist for the most part i know i realize that this life is but a fleeting moment um and you know anything can happen like you just mentioned that um you you could be here now and going an hour from now and or your family member so and what we do now i believe reverberates if that's the right word into eternity so it's not like you know if you're going to do things that are not right and just you know then that's you know decays like uh rust Uh, but if you do things where you build relationships with strangers or uh the criminals uh past and those kind of things you know they 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 go into uh, eternity with you yeah for sure. I wanted to piggyback quick off of when you said like some of the most talented and, and, and you know, intelligent you know, mm-hmm. people you'll find right in prison. And uh, that I actually believe that that too. Um, I know that uh, I teach, well, I'm not teaching right now due to COVID, but mm-hmm. I'm a teacher working in the school system. And um, I, you know, I'm an advocate for bullying and I'm working on a project right now. Uh, bullies and bullied no more for the bullies and the bullied. Not you know, I usually just have something where to help people being bullied or just to you know, just to it's really centered around the, the ones being bullied. No mm-hmm. one really horns in and, and wants to de- develop anything for for the bull for the one that's doing the bullying. <laughs> you know, right. I'm like gotta be fixed it you know that that one, especially when they're youth, you know what I mean it's important, you know, that we help build that to a relationship or, or growth or whatever we can. But so, you know, I noticed that in the schools, and this is like all over um, the country that people are having, you know, these, these issues with bullying and, and in the schools and, and like administrative staff and, and people are just not caring or actually seeing it, being there, not reporting, just, 
this no care. I, I mean, I've experienced uh, where I worked at. My son went to school with me, where I worked at, and then his next school. You know, and I've always, you know, said, I was like, you know, you can teach these kids all day long. Cause, you know, it's all about keeping them in the seat so you can get that money. But I mean, what good is it? You know what I mean? If you're not teaching them people skills, adversity, you know, how to treat one another. I mean, they're in here acting, you know what I mean? Like just disrespecting one another, putting hands on each other. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're very smart. You know, they're, they're, they're learning. But, but there's very intelligent people in jails and prison. You know, <laughs> you know what I always say? I was like, you have to, there's more to this. And just teaching them, um, you know, educating them. You have to teach them how to socialize and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'm just I'm really I'm really big on that, you know. Right. Yeah. It kind of reminds me. I had a discussion with somebody else uh, the other day. Not so much on the criminal side of the house, but so many young folks have uh, this this ADD and these other uh, attention deficit. Uh, disorders so they claim you know a doctor will diagnose them and the kid just can't really learn the traditional way of learning and um, if you were to look at a lot of successful people in our country right now they were uh, diagnosed and treated with ADD and, and given all this medication but there's a lot of people in the industry in the education industry that are learning look you know there's a lot of gifts and talent within that human being that doesn't know how to take tests the way that uh, other people might take tests so on and so forth and once they can tap into that behavior or tap into that human being that 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 you know the potentiality can come out uh, and and, uh, and then you know really become uh, you know, a valuable uh, person in society. But unfortunately, uh, you know, they were misdiagnosed and, and they didn't have the, the, um, the wherewithal and the knowledge and the patience to, yeah. to see that precious uh, person and it, and it is potential. But, you know, yeah. so yeah, it, it's, uh, it's sad, but, you know, the thing is, we got to what I got to do personally for myself to, to, and this is what I share with the men, you know, is that, you know, I got to take my neck of the woods, my, my piece of the puzzle and do the best that I know how to do. And, and, and I don't think about changing the world. Uh, I think about just changing one life. And then if I can help one man or, or woman or somebody change their life and then, Maybe if I could do that to five or 10 or 20 people and then they did it to five or 10 or 20 people and then I can yep. leave this, I can leave this earth a little bit of a better place. Yep. Change it together. Yeah, most definitely. Cause you never know those ones that don't nurture or you said a really big word too. A good one was the patience. You know, you never know who that person, that child could grow up to, to, to be or to, discover or save, you know what I mean? Something that we can't figure out now. Like you just, you just never know. And it takes a lot of patience. And I think patience has been replaced with medication. I find a lot of times that, cause you think about it, like way back whenever this ADHD thing, my son was diagnosed with it, became a thing. What were people doing when, when you know what I mean? I think they just kind of 
you know, the, the pharmaceutical, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kind of right. stretch that out a little bit. And I really, I really think there's other ways you can really deal with it because I took my son off of that mess. Right. You know, I don't I want, I don't want him to be dependent on that because then when you don't have it, then what? Right. You know, like you can't get it because you know it costs. So I just didn't want to do that to him. And I wanted him to be able to not use that as an excuse, like, oh, because I have this. You know what I mean? Like, never. But to find natural, like, ways to just, like, because you're not, if you're normal, just like whatever normal is, like everybody else, you just have this right here. You know what I mean? You, you still do everything else just a little differently. You just, you know? And nobody really explains that to them. And they just shove that medis- medication on them. And then you don't want to deal with them afterwards if they don't have, that's how it always was. It was like, right. oh, they don't have their medicine. Tell mom he can't come back to get this medicine or right. they need to get those meds in him. It's like, that's all you're doing. You're not trying to really sit down and, and talk to him and figure him out. You know what I mean? And, and how, do he, how does he pick? You know what? Bring out, you know, every child learns differently. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, most definitely. Well, I'm pretty sure that you you would agree that you know, from what you've experienced and you've seen a lot, I think we all probably can, I would say, agree that a lot of stuff, would you say that a lot of men that you've spoken to and, and spent time with always takes goes back to childhood or how they were brought up? Yeah, most uh, most definitely. That is where, you know, I, that's where we're all formed. The first, I believe mm-hmm. they say the first five to seven years, whatever we experience, that first five to seven years, that's uh, pretty much the the trajectory that we're we're heading, and I I think of one uh, heartbreaking story. One guy was telling me one one time, he said, "Mr. Sterling, he goes, man, I want This is my fourth time that I came back to prison, and I'm I'm 32 now, and and I'm really trying not to come back to prison. So I really got my head on straight. I went out on the streets, and then uh, and then my mom." you know, told me to, to sell some drugs. And it's like, mom, I can't, well, what do you mean? You better go out there and sell drugs. And it was like, unbelievable. You know, it's an unbelievable story where, you know, the mother, the upbringing, you know, uh, it, it was just, you know, a, a, a sad story to hear those kind of stories. Oh, dear, yeah. I so, tell parents we gotta take a look at ourselves, you know what I mean, before we, you know, like we we have we have to do better. We have no choice, you know, can't. Right, it's exactly right. In, in other words, but yeah, the parenting is so much uh, to do with it. And the parenting, I, you know, I have to say my own opinion is that much, much more of it uh, is in the parenting than it is in the government you know we want to blame the government so much for our, our troubles and society and and, yeah. and and but it's it's right down it goes right down to the to, to the, the the upbringing and, and unfortunately a lot of uh men and children uh, are raised without uh you know the the traditional two family household with a mother and a father and and uh but that's not a, an excuse or a reason for someone to use to uh, not do better in their own life because countless uh, of men and women across our, our, the humankind has went against all odds and become very productive and successful and 
honorable and uh, despite the you know the, the 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 past that they have had yeah yeah and definitely definitely need to you know pay tribute to that and then you have you know the book and everything too and get and it gives hope and inspiration because there's always a brighter side but it's all just it depends on the person you know so. right exactly yep and, and and a lot of the old heads in the prison system the the terminology that they use is old heads and young bucks. The young bucks come in and, you know, they want to come in and, and raise cane and they want to start trouble. And the old heads, especially the lifers, look at them to the side and say, hey, look, young buck, th- this is where we live. You know, you need to you need, you need to pipe down and, and calm down. And uh, a lot of times they uh, the wisdom that the older prisoners can impart uh, to the younger generations is that's a big piece of, of a lot of the transformation stories inside the prison because the lifers, um, you know, depending on what state you're from, you know, life means life and you die in the prison. Whereas other states have uh, 20 to 25 years and you can get out on, on good behavior. So if you go in there when you're 18, 20 years old, do 20, 25 years, you can still get out in your 40s. But uh, it depends on the on the state um, when that happens or not. But um, a lot of these transformation stories come from the older the older generation of inmates, you know, especially the ones that are going to die in the prison because that's the only thing they have left is to maybe help somebody some young guy to think differently and not to go back out on the streets because, unfortunately, with mass incarceration kind of backfired not kind of but it pretty much really backfired it was a good way through the six seventies eighties nineties to get for the politicians to get reelected on the tough on crime three strikes you're out and all those kind of things and then once you loaded up the prisons uh, with that kind of strategy and in addition to closing down the mental health hospitals uh, places then the prison filled up nationally and it, it turned out to be a, you know, a pretty bad situation. And even on both sides of the political aisle now, they got it to the point like, look, we, we screwed this up. This was a social um, experiment that went bad. And even if for the ones that are not looking at it on a compassionate level, they're looking at it on a fiscal level. Like, no, wait a minute. You're telling me it costs $8,000 a year to send a kid to the public school system, but you're, but you're charging 45000 a year to incarcerate a man in a, in a prison system? I mean, something's way out of whack here. So a lot of the, a lot of the uh, inmates, you know, have a lot of time in their hands. So they had, so other inmates, especially, a lot, unfortunately, the younger generation, a lot of times, they're not they're they're thinking how they're going to deal more drugs and how they're going to become a better criminal with all this time on their hands instead of hanging around with with the older guys and or any or the younger ones that have acquired the wisdom to rethink where they are in life and and to not um you know go out and commit new crimes yeah. wow that's like a whole nother that's a whole nother podcast (laughs) yeah yeah definitely it's like oh man 
to, <laughs> to you know to build your acquire your your reputation and career off of the backs of you know some of human being. I mean that's the way of the world, but I'm just just still like wow. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that we've been been here for quite a minute, and I'd wanted to ask you two two more questions right before um, we uh, get um, like your social. Uh, you tell the listeners um, mm-hmm. some of your links and uh, more uh, where to find your book. But, uh, I wanted to touch on what was it? Okay, yes, because that's there. You know, there's the ones that transition. You know, and uh, the success stories, and then you know the ones that you know. Oh, teetering but then those are the ones that like you said are the lifers that are not getting out but have changed their ways in their life but have accepted where they are how how can we uh so what would you tell the the people like how can we support support them or just choose to uh when we have these discussions you know what i mean yeah Um, that yeah, that's a really good question, actually, that I haven't uh, really thought much into because my focus is trying to get the ones that aren't thinking right and doing right and to help them transform. But what about these these men uh, and women who ha- are doing life, they, ex- they accepted their fate, and their thinking is straightened out? What can we do to tell them, hey, look, you know, Good job. Thank you so much for for doing that. And uh, I guess the only thing that I can think of off the top of my mind is, um, you know, there are prison pen pal platforms and organizations where you can write to to prisoners. And uh, I I haven't I don't have any uh, experience with that. But I mean, I'm thinking uh, that might be uh, one way that. you know, folks can connect with that uh, portion of the inmate population that's uh, um, pretty much in the situation that they are in. Okay. Cool. That, that's something, you know, I don't think a lot of people think about that. It's not a bad thing. We just kind of, you know, like you said, focusing on those ones that, you know, still have a chance and a shot, but, you know, they're still human in there and and that, and that's what we could do to human, you know, as human beings, you know, like humans can, like, you know, t- turn that. We don't have nothing nice to say. Just don't say nothing at all. But it, but we should. We have so much power to be able just to be good people. <laughs> right, right. You know? we, we sure do. In fact, um, I was just thinking and talking to somebody about that the other day. Every person on this planet has the power of influence, for good or bad. So in other words, store, you, you know, you see somebody behind you, you know, holding the door open for them and just give them a smile or a hello, uh, you know, to complete strangers. And then the flip side of that is, you know, with criminal behavior and or any negative thinking and negative behavior, that is also influential on the, on the negative side of things. And, uh, you know, so I try to remind the guys, look, you know, think about that. You know, you can be an, an, an influence. Again, it goes back to that simplicity of good and evil. What, yeah. what are you going to choose? You are, you're going to choose the good side or the bad side. Not that you're going to be perfect. It's, it just doesn't work that way. 
Not that, you know, voices ain't going to get in our head and get us all frustrated and discouraged and angry, you know, and then we'd have our little outburst or a little pity party. But then, you know, after a couple minutes, couple hours, couple days, depending on the, on the severity of whatever upset you, you know, and then, and then, you know, begin to get back on your choices again. Nope. I'm going to do what's right. And, you know, and if you, if you truly believe that good will overcome evil at the end of the day, and then it's, it's not that complicated to, to, you know, which way you want to go. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. And my last question that I have had you here for a while, cause this is, this is deep. This can go, maybe I can have you back on another time and we can go down another, you know, avenue to just help people like what you're doing, but also help the community, the people, you know, be able to support and not be so judgmental and just try to humanize, you know, <laughs> right. More often. So yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that, that, okay. Oh, um, okay. I, I'll go ahead and ask. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, uh, oh, darn, it went away. Come back. Don't go away. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, darn. As, a good as, one. as far as uh, how to, how to reach, uh, uh, my platforms and uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, I was going to be that. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was going to be that right after. I was going to say, what is something that you tell? Because I know there's people like out, you know, like you said, they're all across the world. They're letting people out, mm -hmm. um, you know, across prisons and stuff. Like, and you said mm -hmm. something, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it made me think like uh, when they have the, at that time and things are going through their heads and stuff. What is something that you know, prisoner, even on the inside, but definitely when they're coming out, something that they could do to, um, you know, when they're in that, you know, everybody has a place they go or in their mind or whatever, when they're in that place where they, they feel, you know, that voice coming or they're in that bad place, what is something you would tell or you could tell them that they could possibly do to help with with those thoughts, you know? Oh, right. Yeah. Like a hobby, a hobby, or just like something they could get into to help them. Some people work out, play sports, you know, like what? Correct. What, what, what do they do? Right. So, in other words, I would, uh, I would suggest that they learn how to um, uh, learn different coping mechanisms and strategies. I guess we all have triggers. And certain things will trigger us one way or the other. And over time, and I guess as we mature, I know in my situation, as I get older, um, I'm finding uh, more in the maturity level of, of, of how to just change that thought. I heard a story the other day where this lady was explaining uh, that she was, these two other ladies got into this very heated uh, argument and it was getting really close that these two ladies were going to uh really have fisticuffs and they were going to hit each other and then this lady out of panic or not knowing what to do she just went over and she did something and she changed the whole con the whole uh dynamic and she did something that was real funny and hmm. you know um and i and i remember in my earlier years with my marriage counseling uh with my wife I remember the, you know, the counselor saying or suggesting, look, when you're both in the heat of it and you're both screaming at each other, why don't one of you try to think of just changing the, the you know, the, the, the record uh, and, and the rut in that record by just doing something funny. I mean, I don't know 
there's different <laughs> things. Uh, breathing, uh, I think there's uh, some value and benefits in breathing. I know even nowadays when I get anxieties, uh, I just learned how to breathe a little bit differently. Um, you know, and I, and I think the biggest thing is gar- the, the concept of computers, garbage in, garbage out. That's the same thing with our minds. Garbage in, garbage out. So if we're constantly taking in the social media and the news and the hatefulness and the divisiveness of life and you drip, 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 drip constantly, it's like making deposits into a bank account. Uh, by not making deposits, you're making withdrawals, withdrawals. And I would just encourage people to, to just can, you know, fill their minds and their hearts and their minds and their spirits with, with the positive things in life. And then because there's plenty of enough negativity and diversity and hatefulness that'll creep its way in. But if you're, if you're saturated and sound with uh, love and purpose, and then those, those fiery darts that come at you, those thoughts or those, they don't, they don't grab a hold of you. They don't stick and take a hold of you. They, they extinguish before they even make it to you. Or if they make it to you, you just shrug them off. Yeah. For sure, that's good stuff right there. Good stuff and important. Okay, well, you are you are pretty awesome, and um, and there needs to be way more like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to tell you, Brandy, I, I appreciate you, and I'm grateful to you for allowing me to come on to your your podcast. And I, I and I'm and I'm going I'm going to tell you that you're going to hold a special spot in my mind and heart moving forward because you're the very first person that I have been a guest on your show. And I thank you for reaching out to me. And I, I believe, uh, I believe this passion that I have, uh, as I go on more shows and, and, and more, uh, places, it's going to take a hold. And I'm always going to look back to this, uh, first to, to this first podcast. So I'm, 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 I, I appreciate you. Oh, thank you. That's like one of the nicest things I've heard in my whole two years. <laughs> oh, great, great. Yep, thank you. Yep, it's, it's, it's heartfelt and it's very true. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And Nadia, could you do us a favor and um, once again tell it, well, the name of your great, great book, uh, Get Free, Stay Free. And I just purchased two right now, one for me, and maybe I can gift the other one as um a prize or something, but it'll be gifted. Oh, wow. Yep. Bless your heart. Yeah. So basically um, the one in, even though I'm on Twitter and uh, Facebook and Instagram, I have somebody trying to help me figure out how to work those platforms, but the best way to get the, the, the go would be simply www.getfreeandstayfree.com. So that word and would also go there in the middle. So it would be www.getfreeandstayfree.com. And there uh, explains a little bit more about what I'm trying to do. Um, not only for the book, I'm, you know, the book is just secondary. Uh, what I uh, would like folks to do is um, to share their stories with us so we can get more stories out there. And uh, up on the top of the uh, website, there, there's uh, you know, an opportunity to share your story. I'm too going to be starting a podcast in a few weeks and, awesome. um, yep. And then, and, uh, it'll be, you know, 
uh, interviewing men and women who have been in prison, who can share their story of hope, information, and transformation. Then we'll take the transcripts from those stories and we'll post them on the website. And then anybody can download every single story, uh, you know, by printing it out. And or, like I said, if it's more convenient for them just to purchase the book and send it into somebody in prison. And, um, you know, we can help change lives uh, one life at a time. Yes. Amen to that. I love it. I love yep. it. Awesome. Well, you, you have really gave me some ideas and some, um, some things to also, you know, think about. Um, and so I, I appreciate that, you know, because like you said, it starts in the home, starts, you know, in, in our, as a youth. And that's something that comes along with, you know, what I do. And I just want to make sure that I am doing my best to, to help, you know, Right. Yeah. Well, I hope that we can uh, have you on for another time. I'm pretty sure I will because I I, I know there's so many things that <laughs> yeah. yeah I just want to be able to get out there and to to share you know and for to for for the prisoners the inmates and for the people too so we can start to understand better and start helping to right. our communities. Right. And another idea along that same lines would be. Um, <clears throat> Maybe if, if, if a podcast can be done with uh, with uh, three voices at the same time, we could uh, we can plug in one of the men who were in prison and who's out there in the streets and and let him share his story uh, firsthand. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's I have that we think we can use this one. Um, this one, you can have a few. There's a there's the, the video that we could do video. There's the video one that I have, but. I couldn't do it because of the mowing and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's plenty of um, platforms and stuff too. So yeah, for sure, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. All right. Thank you well, so much. Thank you, Brandy. It's been a, a pleasure and an honor. And uh, I wish you the best and you take care and, uh, and, and have a great rest of your day. You too, everybody. This is RJ Sterling and Voices of Courage, Walk the Talk. Peace. There you go. Thank you.